0: This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome to my city. Bring you to my city. Let you ride around my city. I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city. Bring you to my city. I can show you around my city. It's my city.
1: Today on South Bend Beat, we have Angelo DiCarlo back for his second go-round on the podcast. We had Angelo on season one to discuss Notre Dame football, and today, that's what we're going to be doing again. If you have no interest in hearing about Notre Dame football or the recent 12-0 season and looking forward to the playoff, I thank you for your download, but you can go ahead and delete now because it's going to be a lot of that. We're also going to talk about Angelo's move to Redeemer Radio, where he's now sports director, And we'll talk about a few uh, various food hotspots in the city that he's been enjoying. So let's get ready to go and let's talk some Notre Dame. And our first recurring guest is back, Angelo (laughs) DiCarlo, who uh, from season one, uh, we had a discussion also about Notre Dame and kind of what you were up to. And since then, you're now at Redeemer Radio. Uh, Why don't you fill everybody in on that move and uh, how you're liking it? I'm
0: trying to remember. When when did we record that one
1: last year? So it was at... Man, what game was it after? Because it was after. It was you during get- the season. Yeah, it was during the season. You said you were you were getting lit up for your prediction. Oh, it I was USC. What- USC, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: a- I go la- and then I go and pick Notre Dame to beat USC by like twenty eight, and <laughs> they only beat them by seven. So if we would have that reverse; it wouldn't look as bad. But that's a difference a year makes. So yeah, I guess it's you know obviously it's been more than a year, but a lot has changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, at when we recorded a year ago, I thought. I was probably going to be a WNDU lifer, and, yeah. then, you know, life changes things, and I'm now at Redeemer Radio, the local nonprofit Catholic radio station. It's been a blast. Um, I I can't thank uh, Rick Gonziorek, the GM there, for giving me the opportunity. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm back to my original uh, first love, which is doing play-by-play. i um, been doing radio play-by-play for football and basketball. It's actually where I got my first start. Uh, my first gig ever in the business was doing radio play-by-play for a professional basketball team, coached by the late great Daryl Dawkins. I saw that so, photo that you posted, yeah, young I, Angela. Yeah, <laughs> I look at a lot. Yeah, it was probably fifty pounds ago too. I'm not exactly like I'm not over. I'm I actually am a little overweight, but I'm not like huge. But then I was really underweight back then. That was probably. How old were you in that photo? I think I That was 2004, so I was. Uh, yeah, I was like 21, was 22 years solid old. Solid
1: 14, 15 years ago. Yeah, that was
0: yeah. that was a, that was a while ago. So I caught a break during college and got started. So we're doing that. Um, we hosted a, a Notre Dame football show on uh, Notre Dame FC's Irish Sports Saturdays every Saturday at 9 a.m. during football season. We'll do our bowl special on December 29th at 9 a.m. on Redeemer Radio 95.7, and then um, we also did a high school football show um, from six to seven. So that was cool because we're broadcasting the St. Joe and Marion games for football and basketball, but what we were able to do with that high school show is talk about everybody. It so, seemed like it was very popular. Yeah, it, and it was a lot of fun because we were getting everybody on, whether or not it was um, Penn's coach Corey Yeoman or Northwood standout Bronson Yoder or Mishawaka's Chris Harness. We were trying to spread the wealth, getting everybody on because really there was no show like that in the area. Right. You know, there's a lot of great uh, shows that are covering Notre Dame and everything like that, and obviously we are as well. Um, but there was no no show dedicated just to high school, um, so it was cool because people, as they're driving, are able to to their game are able to tune us in and listen before they head to their game.
1: Right, and so that transition over to Redeemer, did you know that you'd be doing play calling when you get? Was that part of the yeah. pitch to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of what they they said. Hey, we 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 were like, okay, what can we make work? And then you know, I kind of try to push the envelope as much as possible. If, Adding more stuff, um, and, and then uh, and then the last thing we added was the Notre Dame show, um, but that was obviously one of the things I was pushing the most. But uh, yeah, the the play by play was definitely the first was kind of the first component.
1: So how many years did you go not calling, not doing? My any entire play-by-play?
0: time in South Bend. The last thing I did before I came to South Bend was uh, TV play by play for basketball, and then I had not I hadn't done radio play by play since that. Since that game with the the Valley Dogs in 2004, really? <laughs> wow. but TV play by play, I went, I did for like two, three years after that until I was like 24. So yeah, it' been like 11, 11 years. Were you so, nervous at all? Uh, I was actually more nervous before doing my first basketball game last week because. I have a high standard for myself for radio, basketball, play-by-play that I set when I was 20 years old. I think I was pretty good back then. So I was actually more nervous for basketball than I was for football. Football, for some reason, I was like, well, I've never done football play-by-play on the radio. So Built on a cushion for yourself. Yeah, I kind of lowered my expectations. So once I was doing well, I was like, all right, all right, all right, I can do this. (laughs) Basketball, I was like, because basketball's tough. You do. T- I love basketball on TV, play-by-play, um, play because you don't. You get to throw in the excitement when you want to, but you don't have to call every single thing that happens because right. everyone can see it. On radio, you, they don't know what's going on unless you tell them. Right. So you got to describe every little thing. So it's like re remembering all the terminology that you want to throw in there that I always laugh about because some of the stuff there's like he has it at the elbow (laughs) like anyone listening how many people listen you know where the elbow is
1: (laughs) do I yeah well yeah I know where the elbow is
0: okay where's the elbow
1: the elbow is uh, free throw lane
0: corner. Oh, look at this! You're pretty good.
1: Well, I mean, I play college basketball. My dad's a coach, so oh, I know. See, so see. it's a little different. But
0: you're in the you're in the five percenter that would actually know that. I
1: what I I get what you're saying. Most people have no idea what the elbow
0: is. The gr- they will think a physical elbow if you say. That. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The the, gra- the grandparents and parents yeah. and uncles and aunts. Why that is are he listening? keep talking about someone's elbow? elbow. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I try to use. All right, let me use the terminology people are going to actually. The right. majority of people are going to understand. So that's. Right. So that's been fun.
1: And I wasn't able to listen to your first basketball game back, but it went well.
0: Yeah, actually it went well. We, uh, no coach, boom goes the dynamite. No, no, no. No boom <laughs> goes the dynamite. Uh, coach Bob Burgers with me, the longtime yeah. uh, Riley basketball coach. He's awesome, obviously. He knows the ins and outs of basketball. And and actually, Kyle, the, the coolest part is that we have um, student interns from Marion and St. Joe, mm-hmm. um, and they've been awesome to work with. Um, and then we only had – two or three guys that were doing in the fall because a lot of our guys were playing fall sports. Right. And then, uh, now we're up to like four or five, although we have one that's a swimmer. So I don't know how much, yeah. I don't know how much Ruth <laughs> Ru thinks he's going to be doing a lot. I haven't seen him yet. So <laughs> I, I'm questioning how, how much he's going to be able to do. Uh, but you know, so we're having those guys do stats and then we're going to have probably at least one, if not two of our interns with us for each game. And then, like, one will do social media videos during the game. And then the other will do stats. Like, you know, our intern the other day, Jeff Murphy, you know, I threw him on headset to read off the stats he did in the game. So it's pretty cool for experience for those guys to get on the radio as well. So, and then we have uh, Jake Morris, was outstanding for us from St. Joe. Uh, Sam Marcus coming back into the fold with us. And then we have John Brock, who's the starting quarterback for the Marion football team. He's joining in with us. He's actually uh, – he put together a cool, good job putting together a social media video to promote our game uh, between Marion and Lures that happened uh, on Saturday.
1: Very cool. And last time you were here, you kind of took everybody through a, a typical – you really don't have typical days
0: in your profession,
1: but kind of a typical day um, at WNDU. How does that differ at Redeemer now um, where you're kind of wearing a different hat?
0: Yeah, it's – totally it's similar in some ways i'm still liking to well first of all you have to like adjust if i'm doing an interview or whatever during football season you know i'm going to notre dame football interviews and high school interviews those are still happening between three and seven o'clock right so i'm still editing those after seven o'clock and then sometimes i'll edit them during the day the next day but um my hours certainly are lower than what they used to be, which is nice. I see yeah. my wife. I actually see my wife. There which, you go. Which, is, which is good for me. Maybe a negative for <laughs> her. <laughs> uh, so, but um, but it's different because basketball season. I don't have a high school basketball show. We're we're hoping to do a Notre Dame basketball show. We're still waiting on some additional sponsors to make that happen. So. If, you, if those listening want to uh, sponsor some high school, Hit them so, up. Or so radio. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame basketball, yeah. you know, we got that that women's basketball team, pretty good, pretty, pretty good. good. So, um, so yeah, so we're hoping to do that. But so things are are probably um, slowing down a little bit. We'll do a lot of high school basketball games, though. We're going to end up doing probably twenty to twenty five games. So w- between Marion and St. Joe, boys and girls. So, um, so there's not really a typical schedule. It's like whatever.
1: Whatever's got to get done.
0: Yeah, whatever's got to get done and what I, w- whatever I can get done. And I as I just mentioned the plug, hey, hit me up if you want to be a sponsor. Yeah. So I'm going out and doing the sales too, which is a unique – not unique, but a different thing. I've right. never had to do that. Um, but um, it's good because it helps me broaden my skill set.
1: Now, is there going to be any – standout basketball teams this year. I know Marion should be Marion's good, Marion's right? pretty good. They, they got, had the
0: Ivy kid. Yeah, Jaden Ivy, who's... Tell you what, if you just look at his body from his freshman year, he was six inches shorter, and he was a little chunky. Last year, he looked okay. So that was the
1: last time I saw him. Is he even different this year? Two,
0: well, no, that was his freshman year. It was two years ago. And yeah, then, so and the, last
1: year he was a sophomore, right?
0: So, yeah, last year he was a sophomore. I saw him play And down. he was getting taller, and right. he was skinny. He was getting lanky. Yeah, and now... All right, now you're seeing the muscle tone really? coming in. Yeah, I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, this year. he's he's good. Um, and How tall is he now? I think he's like six two. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's right in that perfect range, um, and I you know I I've seen him in a you know uh, a couple of practices and scrimmages and and you know he's good. I mean you could see why. Oh, because at first I was hearing all the you know I knew he was a D1 kid. But I was here in Notre Dame, Purdue. Purdue and, offered right off, yeah, right and, off, and, and Notre Dame did too. Yeah. Now, um, and I was like, I was like, okay, I guess there's potential there. And then I, and then I saw him, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, now yeah. because that, that's how much of a jump he made from last year wow. from all his work in AAU ball. I'm like, oh yeah, this makes total sense why he's getting offered left and right by all these big schools. He's he's legit now. He's in that Demetrius Jackson, Devin Kennedy, Marion Pipeline. I mean Marion's produced some yeah. great players. They've pumped over the last out some Rangers. talent. Yeah, so. I, I
1: watched the Riley Marion game last year. Oh, that was a great game. And that I think it was an overtime game. Yeah. And Riley kind of had to come back to pull it out. Demise kind of did Demise things. Yeah. Um, but the Ivy kid played really well in that game.
0: Yeah, that was that was he shot prob- well. That was probably the toughest test Riley had. um oh, yeah. The whole regular season. I mean, no one put him on the ropes more than them. Um, the only other team I can recall that really put him on the ropes uh during the NIC play was um was John Glenn actually did, which was a little bit of a surprise. They may have taken them for, for granted right. and then for three quarters it was a it was a dog John Glenn could shoot. But yeah yeah. They, especially <laughs> in that game. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but uh but Merriam was legit last year. I mean they lost they lost on a free throw with two tenths of a second left to Culver Academies in the sectional. Cove Academies went on to win the state championship, so that that's how close they were to to being that team that might have represented the North. You know, I mean, everyone goes, "Oh, they lost in sectionals." Yeah, well, they lost the team, the best team in their class. Yeah, you know, so it's like they were really good. Now they lost Michael Hemingway, Mm -hmm. so that makes that a little bit more difficult for them. Um, But but again, Jaden's that much better of a player, and then they got a lot of tools around them.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of other sides. They might be guards, some of those other sides. But they have some good shooters over there. Yeah,
0: I I think they have a lot of good talent, whether it's Kyron King or um, Coley Quinn. Yeah. uh, So they got a lot of good players. And, and, you know, one of the things that was really interesting, we did an interview uh, with Kyron King last week to promote the Marion Lures game. And Coach Berger asked him something generic about, like, you know, you, know, you graduated a lot of good players. How do you guys make up for that this year? And as a senior, the first thing he immediately said was, well, we got Jaden Ivey. <laughs> how often do you hear yeah. a senior immediately mention an underclassman right. as the player that's going to be their difference maker? Yeah. That says a lot, not only about how much they respect, respect his talent, but how much they respect the person. Because Jaden's getting all the headlines right, right. now. And then, I think maybe the, they'd
1: be a little salty about it, but, yeah, not, at but the,
0: not at all. Yeah, but not at all. And he went out of his way multiple times in that interview, never asked about Jaden, brought up Jaden. So it shows you that they must have really good team chemistry good over, over right? there. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Well, let's move on to uh, some Notre Dame talk. All right. Let, uh, obviously just finished up a 12-0 and season.
0: What kind of playoff or what kind of preseason prediction did you have for them? I think I ended up going with 9-3. and three. So did I. I. I had losses to – I definitely had them losing Northwestern, okay. which, in hindsight, I don't think was a bad pick. Yeah. I mean Northwestern I mean, was a good team. Northwestern was a good team. I think I had them losing to Stanf- Stanford or Virginia Tech, and maybe—no, I think I went— st- Actually, all three. I think it was Stanford, Virginia Tech, North- USC, or, or Stanford, Virginia Tech, Northwestern. North-Western yep. I don't know why I thought they would go five and zero on the back end, which is the part that was the <laughs> yeah, hardest. <laughs> well, I don't think people
1: expected Syracuse to be as good as they were.
0: I didn't. I'm a Syracuse yeah, yeah. alum, and I didn't expect them to be it that good. Surprised you? I I knew Syracuse was going to be better, but I thought they would be in like the seven and five range. Right. So I didn't anticipate them being as good as they end up being. And I would have loved to have seen Eric Dungey have finished out that game yeah. to see what they could have done. But I still think Notre Dame was going to win by 21 points, split, even if Dungey well. they were they were dominating yeah. even when he was in the game. But it would have been nice to see if what at least my alma mater could have done right, right. for a, if their starting quarterback and main player was in the game the whole time. But I think Notre Dame showed that was that was their best game of the year. It was. I mean, they were fantastic in that game.
1: I agree. And did you before we get into certain personnel here? Did you was there ever a time this season? I mean, they didn't trail a whole lot this season. I think USC was the first time they trailed by double digits. Um, was there ever a time in a game where you thought they're going to lose this game?
0: Well, a lot of times during games, I start, I start going, uh oh, because I think of previous teams. Right. It's not fair to the current players because they weren't those guys. But, but it's natural. The yeah. pit game felt like those classic 2013, 2014, or 2009 teams that found a way to lose. Even
1: 2012 almost lost a pit. Right, but they, but they didn't. But they didn't. So, in probably, a way, yeah.
0: this year's like 2012, right. that even when they're not playing, obviously they're like 2012 because we can compare right, right. a lot of things to that in that regard because of the 12-0 seasons. But they found a way to win it in the end, whereas there were so many teams during the last – 10 years plus, where they found a way to lose even when they were the better team. Right. And as it turns out, Pitt was better than people gave him credit for. Um, they're in the ACC title game, right? Yeah. Probably won't go they have, well for them, but they're in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't have the best record. Um, so they made it to the ACC title game, but, you know, not, not, you know, th- they were better than what expected. They're not yeah. great, but they were better than what they were on paper. Um, but even the Vanderbilt game, they had – there was no point in that game I thought they were going to lose. But then suddenly Vanderbilt had the ball.
1: With a chance to go win the game. <laughs> with a chance to go yeah. win the game. Yeah.
0: So you're like, well, now wait a minute. Could you imagine if they w- were leading this whole game dominating, forgot to put this team away, and and then all of a sudden Vanderbilt – so especially at that point. That, the Vanderbilt game, I was on the sideline at that point. That might have been the, the time I thought the most that they might lose because – Obviously, the week before they played horrible against right. Ball State. So I thought, all right, well, this is a team that can't finish. Yeah. So, and the defense has played well in this game, but how many times are they going to bail out the offense in this game? Right. So I thought the Vanderbilt game was one of the biggest worries. Certainly, Pitt. I had a little bit of worry in Pitt, but I had more worry in Vanderbilt. And then obviously, you had to be worried during the USC game, the way that game started. I, I don't know who. Who, if they were truthful, was not starting to get scared that 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 was gonna happen when it went ten zero. I mean, anytime it gets to be a two score game, you yeah. get a little
1: you get a little uneasy. At halftime of the Virginia Tech game, I thought they were gonna lose. His Dalen Hayes, I think it was, had just been thrown out for targeting yeah. right before half, um, and it, it, it was just a sloppy game. It was at Tech. I I I remember texting a friend at halftime of that game saying they're gonna lose, and then they came out the second half and. Got, okay.
0: Yeah, I I that might have been the point where it turned for me that I started, started believing a little bit. Yeah. Because I didn't think they were gonna lose at halftime. Because the way I saw it was this game's a one point game and they're playing horrible. Mm-hmm. Like Virginia Tech's not playing well. Notre Dame's just playing bad. So I'm like, if they play mediocre in the second half, they're gonna win. I mean, they were playing mediocre. They were yeah. playing bad, yeah. and they're all, and it was a one point game. So I I was not worried in the Virginia Tech game, um, surprisingly. So they there now and usually I'm usually the person that gets worried in those games because I don't trust Notre Dame on the road. Right. They they have such a horrific history on the road. But for some reason in that game I was like no. Feeling pretty good about this. You were more confident than I was. <laughs> was there
1: a, as we get into position groups here, it kind of ties into another point I wanted to ask you about. Um, we'll start with the D line yeah. and how good they've been. I think the statement win for that I think the season was the Stanford game, and the D line had a lot to do with it. Sure. I mean, at that time, we still thought it was a pretty good Stanford team coming to town. Could have easily seen them dropping that game. And as that game went on, and that defensive front kind of wore on Stanford, it just got to be a men versus boys situation toward the toward the back end. Well,
0: that's the biggest comparison you make to 2012. Yeah, is the defensive line. Um, now, the, there's big differences between the two a little because more speed on this one. well, in depth, mm-hmm. that yeah, one had a lot of body. That that one had the big boys, um, Intuit, Nix and Capron Lewis yep. moore but not many other guys played. Right. Whereas this one, you've got like eight guys yeah. playing. Legitimate yeah. snaps, not like a guy coming in for only three snaps. you got guys playing left and right. And you know you don't even mention guys like Jonathan Bonner and Kurt Heinish too much. Yep. But those guys are getting it done in a big way. And then you've got Khalid Kareem and Dalen Hayes and Julian Aquara and Jerry Tillery. I mean, these guys are all getting it done. I think I missed somebody. I can't think of who I missed. I might have missed somebody there. But anyway, they're I mean, they're rotating in and they're all they're all getting it done in a in, in a major way. And I think that's kind of where it starts. And if you if if Notre Dame Notre Dame has only had that twice in my 12 years covering them. Yep. And they went Undefeated in the regular season, yeah. both times they've had a defensive They're pass. Twenty-four right. and one at this point in those two seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we'll forget about that one, but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I have a hazy memory of that night.
0: Yeah. T- in, t- <laughs> t- real quick. I'll give you a side. Let me give you a side story on that. Night. Heading into the night, so we we did uh for a wndu We did a a lot of pregame coverage. You know, we were on from five to six thirty during the newscast on a ton with with my late great friend Jeff Jeffers down on the field. And then we did our bowl special. I think the bowl special was from – maybe we went from 7 to 8. That that I think that sounds right. I think it was 7 to 8. It was either six thirty, seven thirty, or 7 to 8. I can't remember which of the two. Um, so we did our bowl special. You know, Lou Holtz wandered over from the <laughs> – from the game day set and, and and this or from the ESPN set and came on. He just jumped on with us or whatever because him and Jeff are boys. And uh so we had this huge plan for post game. We're like, all right, um, Jeff will be live on the field, Angel's gonna be live from the locker room because we had all access there, which could have gotten a little tricky. Yeah. But Angel's live from the locker room with interviews. Uh Maureen and Chuck are gonna be anchoring from the station. Uh, Kevin Lewis will be at brothers. Uh, Barbara Harrington's going to be at Corby's and then, uh, it's 14, nothing in the first quarter and uh, I can't remember what was cut first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, pull Kevin. Oh no. And then someone was live from the Joyce center. Um, yeah, people are starting to leave here. All right. <laughs> you're out. You're not in from the Joyce yeah. Center. And then it was like 21 nothing. All right, we're taking uh, one of the bar shots out. All right, it's 28-0. nothing. right, Moe's leaving. All right, all, right, all right, we're not doing the locker room. Uh, all right, we're not doing – all right, that's it. Chuck is going to come on for seven minutes, toss to the press conference, and that's all we're showing. Yeah. And it was still like six minutes left in the second yeah. quarter. But that's how quickly things – and I don't remember a thing about that game. Anything. I remember w- – I
1: remember – Two things about that game. I remember. I eh, really, just one. The other one's kind of. I remember Bama coming out of the tunnel, and DJ Fluker, looking like a human being I've never seen before in my life, and thinking Notre Dame may be in some trouble tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't. I gosh. I. They were just some big boys. I, they were so big and talented. Oh and yeah,
0: that. yeah, yeah. But it was like, that that was that was crazy. I I just remember how crazy it was that we had like. We had like nine cameras and different. Lo- we had like nine locations. It felt like, and then just it was getting a- sniped one by one by, seven, <laughs> by 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 seven minutes left in the second quarter. It was like one camera on Chuck, <laughs> tossed to Brian Kelly press conference. Good night.
1: <laughs> so an- another comparison to that team and this team, um, offensive line play um, this year. It, it seemed like it might have been tricky going into this year. Uh, lost Harry stand obviously, to the Bears. Sure. Alex Barr's had his injury. They've held up pretty well, though. They've had to move around a little bit more than I think they wanted to. But they've held up pretty well.
0: You know, I still think they're a liability. And I don't think that 2012... Especially if
1: they play Clemson in the first round.
0: I don't think the 2012 offensive line was a, a liability. Um, you know, obviously, there's some really good talent on there. You know, Braxton Cave was at center. Um, the lo- Our local kid from Penn High School. And, and I think they had... They had a good offensive line that year. I don't think they were as good as the offensive lines. Last certainly year. Certainly not yeah, last yeah, year. No. But they were definitely better than this one. Um, the, the run game is. Mm, I just don't know what to make out of it. You know, they don't get many yards, and then Dexter runs off one for 15. Seems more yards.
1: reliant on the home run hits.
0: Yeah. And I guess if it happens every single game. Does that mean it's going to happen every single game? You can be the optimist and say, yeah, they're proving it. Or you can be the pessimist and go, well. That's a dangerous way to live. But when you play Clemson or (laughs) Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, I'm not going to say Oklahoma because. Because you'll get a lot of big runs (laughs) against Oklahoma. You might might not want the big home (laughs) runs because you you might want to stall out that clock (laughs) a little bit. Um, But, yeah, so that's my biggest worry is that. um, And that I put more on the offensive line. Because it seems like when they make the play, if Dexter finds the hole, he's going to make the most out of it. probably gone. So I'm wondering if all those yards that are like, all right, he only got two. He only got 2.5. I'm not saying they're bad. And I think they are, to your point, they're playing better than I would have expected under the circumstances they've been put in. Definitely. You know, yeah. losing, obviously, all the talent from last year, and then losing Alex Bars, who's uh, not only was, you know, obviously now you can argue argue Ian Book is their best offensive player, but when Bars went down, he was their best offensive player. Right. Um, And you don't say that often for offensive line, but you would say... At Notre it, Dame, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> the, last two years, the last three years, yeah. you've said their best player at, yeah. off, on offense this has been an offensive lineman. So I, I actually still think they're the biggest liability on the team. Um, but in a way, that's a it's a high compliment because they don't have that many liabilities. It's just whether or not the, the other teams they're going to face are just that much better in certain areas or not, and that's what we'll find out.
1: So what do you think we'll see – um, in the playoff at at running back, I think it'll be like mostly Dexter Williams. How much will Tony Jones, Jafar Armstrong, or even Brandon Wimbush? I, yeah. Be, I don't know. So Wimbush got he got a few snaps. To get, it was the Syracuse, Syracuse game, game yeah. and I thought maybe we'd see a few in the USC game. Now after, you know, it's always tricky trying to read between the lines when Brian Kelly talks. It seems like he wanted to get
0: him involved somehow. They tried that with Malik Zaire. Could it
1: be a wrinkle for? I mean, the I could.
0: I think. See. Here's the thing. If you're gonna put Brandon in the game, my assumption is why wouldn't you just direct snap it to him and be a quarterback? Yeah. Get the and not have longer. Ian in the game. Yeah. But then you're then you're taking Ian out of the game. So why would you want to take your 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 best player out of the game? So it's a tricky situation in that regard. I don't I don't think now maybe in a month's time they can practice it enough that it's worth it. But do we honestly think Brandon Wimbush is going to be a better running back than Dexter Williams or Jafar Armstrong or Tony Jones? I, and that's not a shot at Wimbush. These guys are – well, Armstrong's only been a running back for a year. I mean, he right. was a wide receiver. But these guys have been those type of players the whole time, whereas that's not been Wimbush's thing. It is different to be a running quarterback than a running back.
1: You think the threat of Brandon throwing at all would keep defenses off balance? I don't
0: know. That's the You think the thing. they'd even respect – Well, the arm. No, because they didn't respect Ian Book's – remember when Ian Book came in and he only handed the ball off in the first three games because everyone thought he was coming in to pass. So, unless they went the opposite way and they stick Wimbush in and the first thing he does is throw the ball. But that's a little tricky. (laughs) Now, I was actually surprised in the USC game. They had that Hail Mary at the end of the half. I don't know why they didn't put Wimbush in the game. I agree. Because – Book, his one negative is he doesn't have a long-range arm, and Wimbush does. Yep. What did you think he was going to – he's not going to screw that up.
1: Yeah, there's no mystery. Worst-case
0: scenario, he puts it out the back of the end zone. Yeah, he yeah. might put it too much <laughs> yeah. juice on it. Yeah. But uh, I was actually surprised they didn't they didn't put um, – especially with um, the rib injury for Book, yeah. to have to – the extension he has to put on, the extra effort he has to put on. I'm like – I'm getting sore thinking about yeah. throwing that yeah. – I obviously couldn't throw that far, <laughs> but trying to throw basically all out, right? You know, and how much that would put on the strain on my ribs, and you know, I don't think he was a hundred percent by the end of the year. I think you know, from everything we've kind of heard, you know, there, you know, that that rib was still more pain tender. management issue. Yeah, and I think that's why he wasn't as crisp in those last couple of games. He was good, but he wasn't in that. He holy, did. he missed a few throws. Yeah, but he wasn't seven. He wasn't seventy-five percent again. He was in the 60s in the right, last yeah. couple of games. And he missed throws that he had yeah. been making pretty much. Exactly. The and and that could be teams adjusting to him. But I think it also could be that lingering injury a little bit. That it's just taking him down just a notch. And I think hopefully with a month of recuperation, that, that allows him to get to the point right. where he's going to be just fine.
1: So what did you think of the quarterback change when it was made?
0: I was just confused. Because I didn't understand why it was made then. Like, Brian Kelly goes, well, we needed him against Michigan. We needed him against Michigan. All right, well, then why didn't you put Book in against Ball State? Right. <laughs> like, like if I, – I don't buy
1: – I mean, do you think it was just giving Wimbush a fair shot? Like you said earlier – Yeah. Earlier, it, it was – very well liked. Ball State was rough. Vanderbilt was rough. And you, like you said, it was the defense bailing
0: the offense out time yeah. and time again. I, I think I – think, and I think you might be right. I think he – I think it could have been – I don't. I think I might have underestimated how beloved Brandon Wimbush is on this team. Yep. At that moment, that maybe Kelly thought we beat Michigan, and for the most part, I think everyone considered felt Wimbush played well in that game. Yeah, he was fine. He was he was good. Yeah. He was a, He was one of the reasons they won the game. Yeah. Now he wasn't good against Ball State. He was okay against Vanderbilt. I guess that was my biggest. That was the part that surprised me. Because he made improvements in the Vanderbilt game from the Ball State game, so that's what threw me off. That I was like, "Well, he played. He played better in Week Three than he did Week Two, and he won. He helped win you the game in Week One." I'm like, "So it didn't make sense to me. If you would have made the change after the Ball State game, I guess I would have understood it a little bit more." And I also thought, oh, "Week Four is not very good. Wim- Wimbush could could shine against I, them." I and think,
1: ha- I think that's why the move. But, right. Yeah. yeah and, I think it was. If we're gonna move forward with book, do we want to wait for Wake Forest and then throw book into that atmosphere at Virginia Tech, where you mean wait on? Because and, and that the, was that was yeah. two weeks down the road at right. that point. Or it was let's get let him get some reps against Wake, throw for about nine hundred yards, yeah. score about eighty points, and then he has a game under his belt.
0: In hindsight, it kind of the timeline makes more sense to me it was just in the moment because you didn't know book was gonna be this good I always I like didn't <laughs> I, I I don't care what anyone says I've always been a book fan I'll tell you um, I don't remember which spring game it was there and spring games are an atrocious way to evaluate talent <laughs> uh, but there's a spring game a couple years ago um, it might have been you know that um, that book played really well in and I was like – and it, and I was like – I remember remarking to somebody from Notre Dame. I go, tell you what, that book kid's pretty good as we were walking off the field. And he goes, you know what? He's a great – he's he's a reliable number two for us. And that's what was said. Yeah. That's how he was viewed. Yep. Um, I don't think that person was talking on behalf of the entire program, but I think that was the general thing. And I'm like, I don't know. And I – because – I remember seeing him at practice, and I was like, eh, okay. Right. But it's hard in practice. First of all, we don't see that many. And then second of all, they're wearing their red jerseys and never get touched. So it's hard to see what right. they're actually capable of doing. And there's not game pressure. Right. And he was—he always felt like the, the type of guy that shined when the lights were on. And that happens with quarterbacks. Sometimes guys shine better when the lights are on. And he always felt that light to me. And I was, I did not understand why after the Citrus Bowl, he was not the quarterback. I thought he should have been the starter. From the practices I saw in August, he was the better quarterback. Now, again, I, we only saw four practices.
1: But knowing that now may may have been what made Brian Kelly's decision a little easier. After may, those maybe,
0: it just. but then it's like, why wasn't he the starter from the beginning? Do you I really mean, think him, at, unless, uh, I mean, maybe he really believes the only way they're beating Michigan was with Wimbush. I mean, maybe. I I just don't... I I think it
1: was more just giving Wimbush a shot. I
0: don't... See, I don't think if he thought Book was going to be his quarterback for the season, he would have cared about giving Wimbush a shot. Because you can't do that out of the gate. You're not playing Ball State in Week 1. I mean, obviously, Ball State played well against Notre Dame. But... It's Michigan. You gotta win the game. And, and maybe he really believed, well, the only way we're winning this is if we have a run centric game that we're gonna try to make this look like twenty seventeen. You know, like when we were full, full full guns against with with Josh Adams behind and then Wimbush is running behind that great line of Nelson and McGlinchy. That's the way we gotta beat Michigan. That's the only way we're gonna beat that defensive line. And you know what? They won the game. And they played well, and he was right in that regard that Wimbush won the game. The question is, if Book's in that game, and I don't know the answer to this, do they lose? Do they win by the same margin? Or do they win by 21? Right. I have no idea. So, And we'll never know that, obviously, right? So, um, But the way I, I just, Wimbush was so bad in the Citrus Bowl, and Book just made plays. And the thing, the most underrated thing Book does is the way he runs the ball. No one gives him any credit. He's great at scrambling and finding the pocket and running for for ten yards for a first down. In the Citrus Bowl, he did that a ton, and that's why I was surprised because LSU, you know, facing LSU, was like, well, he played a pretty good team in LSU. You know, I mean, they weren't LSU
1: certainly a good defense,
0: right? A good that's what I mean. Yeah. Not I mean they had their weaknesses on offense, but they were a good defense, and he was doing well against them. So I, I thought he should have been the starter from the, from the get-go. But then when Wimbush played the way he did against Michigan, I was like, oh, okay. And then, obviously, when it materialized, I was like, see, I said, I told you people.
1: And I, I think it's just those week twos and week threes. I think it was just a purely Virginia Tech move. Because if you do let Brandon go back out for that Wake Forest game. he's Well, le- or Stanford
0: move. Yeah, I you know, know the saying- road game, but, you know, you're still thinking Stanford's good. You may not want to start book first game against Stanford. Right. And if you let
1: Brandon go play in that weight game, he's likely going to put up big numbers, which makes it that much more difficult
0: to make to the then move. go to book. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think that could be. That and great it great. was, I mean, I,
1: it caught me off guard, but obviously it's worked out pretty well. Ian Book's that, pretty
0: good. That was one of the most, you know, it's crazy. If that doesn't work out, are we, we could be back on the should they let Brian yeah. Kelly go range. Absolutely. You know, if that. Oh, it was a ballsy move, 100%. If that bombs in his face, people would be throwing that in his face. So it's crazy to think how, how, how much guts he had to make that move. Whether or not it was the right decision, I don't know how many coaches would make it. So I give him credit for that. Um, because, and maybe maybe that atrocious season two years ago. Where he didn't know what he was going to do with the quarterbacks. Right. And I like Malik Zaire, but Malik was never destined to be a backup quarterback and be able to handle it. Right. Um, You know, he was chirping a lot in the locker room and upset. And, and in a way, you understand why. Mm-hmm. Because you're told, don't worry, you're our guy when you come back, because no one knew Kaiser was going to be the way he was. But... Um, Wimbush, I, Wimbush is up there with me, with like Dane Christ in terms of guys who have, and Tommy Reese, uh, guys who have handled getting benched insanely well. Mm-hmm. Like they're not happy about it, but they're team, teammates first. And people un- underestimate how important that is. Like Dane Christ to this day is beloved by so many people. He didn't have the best career. And people
1: underestimate how difficult it is. All these yeah. guys were superstars in well, high school. and school. Especially Dane, Wimbush.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris was, too. Chris was a, what, four, five-star, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a solid four-star. Yeah, he may have been a five-star. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and Dane, you know, to defend them a little bit, I mean, the poor guy had two major knee surgeries. Yeah. So, I mean, he may have if, – if, if he would have stayed healthy, he may have um, – the talent was there. Yeah, and I think the injuries certainly played a factor. Right. But all those guys, and, and Reese included, I'll give you a good Reese story. Um, you know, Reese obviously was the starter and then um, and then wasn't the starter in 2012. And came in and did, as we always joked, he was the relief pitcher that came yeah. in and saved the day a couple times. And then I remember interviewing him in the locker room after the national championship game. And I said to him, it was just me and him. Uh, We were one-on-one, and I'm like, so, Tommy, what's your plan? Are you planning to transfer so you can play somewhere else next year? He goes, nope, I'm coming back. Uh, You know, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I'm a Notre Dame man. This is for me. If I'm going to be the backup, then I'm the backup. I'm going to try to be the starter, but if I'm the backup, I'm the backup. These are my guys, and I'm coming back. I have no interest in transferring. And then, obviously, as it turns out, Golson gets thrown, you know, uh, suspended from school. Reese ends up getting his opportunity, but he was willing to come back and be a backup quarterback instead of transferring. Again, and now he's the quarterbacks coach, so you can imagine the way he's mentored these quarterbacks. Yep. People, so many people gave Tommy Reese so much crap over the way, you know, he these took guys. took a lot. You know, of how these guys have not been developed. Well, I hope you're eating those words now because not only has he clearly developed, helped develop Ian Book, but he's also made sure that these guys remain friends, team first guys. Now, maybe it wouldn't matter who the quarterback coach was. Maybe Brandon Wimbush is that, that type of personality that he would have been that way no matter what. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say I totally give Reese credit as part of the equation of a person that helped get him to that mindset, and and I know for a fact that Wimbush has always been a good guy because I remember in the at the Fiesta Bowl, um, you know three years ago or whatever, you know he was still the third string quarterback and he hadn't played, and um, there was a. Um, there was a bowl event where they, were, they went to Ikea and they were helping make beds for uh, kids who had never had a bed before. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Corey Robinson was li- literally on the ground physically making beds. It
1: makes sense. Of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, and w- Wimbush was really cool. He was hanging out with his kid. And then at one point I was talking to Brandon for a little bit and he was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And all of a sudden, you know, five minutes later, I see Wimbush and he's like all frazzled. I go. What's wrong, man? He goes, I can't find my kid. (laughs) I go, what? And then we look over. I go, oh, he's hanging out with Corey. (laughs) Of course. There was, like, four four kids left their players. They, like, ran away to go, look at this guy making all the beds. (laughs) So, but Brandon was, he was really good to the kid. And then he went over and he was helping out with Corey, I think, too. So, like, I always knew he was a good person. So... um. You know, and and then sometimes you get to a point where being the quarterback of Notre Dame changes you a little bit. Yeah. Once you get that fame, and I don't think that ever happened with him, and he had to take a lot of crap. Yeah. You know, and, and he remained a positive guy. And you know, I tell that story earlier about Kyron King giving credit to Jaden Ivy. Yeah. Well, post game after Wimbush gets back in there with with Book having the injury and unable to play on. Uh, on the last home game against Florida State and Wimbush gets in there. We're talking to Wimbush about how difficult it was to to get benched. And he goes out of his way to say, but obviously you know, to paraphrasing, he basically said, you know, it was the right call. Book look what Ian's done. He's done an awesome job. Who says yeah. that?
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know what I mean? He went out of his way. To say that he wasn't asked, What have you thought about Ian Book's performance? That would be a fair answer, then to say, Then you're right. Um, and you, some people still wouldn't go there, they would dance around it a little bit. He went out of his way to make sure people knew he thought Ian Book is playing extremely well and he understands why he's the starter. That's incredible, it is, you know, that's incredible. And, and I think that's another reason they're 12 and 0 because clearly, you know, I hate hearing. I, if I hear one more time about what, why is this team so good? Well, you know, the team chemistry, we just get along so well. <laughs> I hate it, but this team does, yeah. they get along well. Where, where player speak
1: actually comes through. Uh,
0: the, I, I know I want to hear one year. I want to hear somebody say to me, you know, we hate each other,
1: <laughs> but, but we're all so insanely talented that it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. We hate each other, but you know what? I, I, I just want to prove myself that I'm better than the other guy on my team so much more because I hate his yeah. guts. It brings out the best in us. Like, one year, I would love to hear yeah, that.
1: At least I, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump back to the defensive side real quick. Um, we talked about the D-line. Um, so, I saw a stat yesterday on Twitter uh, from the great Pete Sampson, who's now with the Athletic. Um, not sure if you saw it. Love and Pride targeted 158 times this season gave up two touchdowns one of those was the last junk drive that usc had so really you can say one i mean one for 157
0: and that one was like really really contested yeah it was the stanford play <laughs>
1: yeah. and it was I, I feel like they're not getting those two corners aren't getting enough credit julian love gets a lot i of think
0: Love gets i think love but that gets,
1: entire secondary has been very good. well
0: i don't f- all right i'm gonna give pride a lot of love gets his credit and deservedly so. He's maybe he, all American. I think he is. I mean, and to be fair, I say this not having watched that much other, that many other teams. When you're on the beat, it's hard to watch yeah. other college football. But you're, you know a
1: very good player when you see one. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: He's. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't do anything wrong. Right. And you know, sometimes you go, you go games where you don't see him, and the only time you notice him is when he makes a play. Yeah. If you don't notice him when he's not making a play, That's good for a corner. Yeah, it's like yeah. A being an offensive lineman. If you don't talk about it, the only time you notice offensive lineman is when someone blew by him or flag, flag, flag. Right. That's the only time. Other th- other than that, unless you're Quentin Nelson and you you know pile drive people. For yeah, a living. you just squash the guy <laughs> into the ground. Um, so so Julian I think gets his credit. Troy Pride has to be a, a, an unsung hero on this team. For the way he stepped up, he played well last year, um, but you know he had to move into the full time role, and he had that like brief period where he was dealing with the injury, um, and then. Um, but he's he's I think he's played really well this year, and I think definitely um, the MVPs of this team are the safeties.
1: Yeah, man, I was good. Holy Gilman mean, and even I, did you Jaylen, expect,
0: did you expect Jalen Elliott no! to play as well? Who could. If anyone tells me they expected Jalen Elliott to play this well, they're getting slapped because they they're a liar. They're a liar. Yeah. You know, I, the only people I expect to say that are the players. That would be like, his well, parents. you know, we always expect it. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and, and Jalen. I mean, and I think I think I remember asking Jalen. I don't remember when one of the '84 home games in September. Uh, it might have been after this. Uh, Stanford game, or maybe it was after um, Vanderbilt or whatever. I just remember asking him, "I'm like, did you expect to be this good, or or why? Or why are you this? You know, simple question of why? Why have you turned around?" And he's like, "Experience, man. He goes, I've been through a lot in the last two years. I've kind of seen it all, right? And now I'm ready to go." And which it's true. I mean, here's a guy that got he got kind of thrown into thrown to the wolves in that that atrocious four and eight season getting blown up against Texas where they couldn't stop them. And that was the sign of, you know, that was the game. Remember, you know, Redfield had gotten thrown off the team right. and all of a sudden they had to start, uh, Elliot and stud still at, and now Stud still doesn't even play. It shows you how weak their options were two years ago. Right. That Stud still does barely gets on the field now. Um, that so, so he, he had, tough moments and he had to make a lot of growing pains some guys they don't get better and some guys make the most of it and man I mean I think I think that's been huge especially when you think back to the Sean Crawford injury yeah now they got lucky too because they got lucky that they didn't suffer another injury because that secondary is thin
1: and it's well it's also kind of, if if Sean Crawford didn't get hurt the secondary is unreal cuz if you look at one spot right now you're looking at that nickel spot yeah. and the slot corner where they've they've he's shown flashes but they've had some trouble with Tariq Bracey. Um he ended up getting pulled in the USC game. Uh Nick Coleman came in. I think
0: Coleman Coleman is I don't know if I would I'm not I'm comparing the 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 way he steps up not necessarily like the talent but he reminds me of Matthias Farley. Yeah. And uh, Brian Smith, uh, their Dame's oh, linebacker. I, love, for, I t- loved Brian. These are guys that I, Ian Book. You put them in there, all is steady, and they they get the job done. Yep. They rise to the cru- they rise to the top. They always they always figure out a way to make it happen. And Coleman is not maybe to that level. Certainly not to that level of of Farley. But like I can't remember how many times. Someone try to bench Matthias Farley. All right, he's gonna do this now and he's not gonna get... he always end up getting to He's having a
1: nice NFL career. And now, now he's too. having a great NFL career. Yeah.
0: Um so and he's and same thing. People are like, Yeah, Matthias Farley's gonna be he's gonna play on special teams, he'll never play safety, he's too slow, he's too this. And look at him look at him in the right. NFL and now he's he's playing playing a lot. Um so I think Coleman's kind of one of those guys. You give him – he's a very smart player. Maybe he's not the m- most athletic or, you know, most talented guy in the field, but he knows what he's doing, yep. and sometimes that's what you need. And But, yeah, the nickels, the, still the vulnerable spot on the defense.
1: This next month, you think they're still going to give Bracey looks in practice, or do you think it's just pretty much going to be Coleman?
0: I mean, I mean they had and they used Houston Griffith there a lot obviously. Who had high uh, hopes but it, I mean
1: that looked well, more like I'm, an
0: experience issue. But right and I think that's like because Houston Griffith will be the guy next year. Yeah. Or uh, or I guess it could be Crawford because he's trying to come right, back, right. which is incredible in and of itself. Right. But um it's interesting though you mention and I can't remember who said this uh, recently, but it was a very interesting observation if Sean Crawford um doesn't get hurt and has played this whole season. Was Nick Coleman gonna start at safety? Yeah. And how yeah. much that would have changed things. Um, because if Jillian Elliott rotates in and doesn't get that full blown opportunity, does he not materialize to the player he is now? So That's I'm not point. saying they're better off. I, It was just an interesting thing, and I I can't remember where I heard that. Because in that
1: situation, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, that's
0: really weird to think about. And I go, that's really interesting. I guess that's possible. You never know. So that's an interesting thought. So
1: how how important do you think – Drew Tranquil's been. <laughs> to this. I I mean I don't want to have you here for a few hours, but if you could sum it up quickly, I mean he's been just unreal. Here's
0: here's the thing: how many how many players on that defense could you say is the MVP of the defense? Like right now, let's go through. You could say Tillery. You,
1: could say, you say so starting up front, you could say Tillery. Um, I mean, one of those DNs, Could you say? Nah. I, All right, I, I, so I, let's I, go I, Tillery, Coney, Tranquil, cool. Love, Gilman. There's five right off the bat. Yeah.
0: You got half the defense that you can name off yep. as as MVPs, right? And I still think Tranquil is probably the MVP, even yep. though I think I gave it to the safeties like five minutes ago. <laughs> 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 so, but um, it's just his toughness. I mean, I mean, here's a guy who, I mean, who didn't think the season was over when he's on that cart with the towel over his head.
1: Well. He, Going further than that, even after that, when you hear high ankle sprain, it's usually like a month injury.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or at least, <laughs> yeah, at least he's out for the next, at the worst, he's out the next two weeks. Right. Which means you had to go to Northwestern. Yep. Here, he, I had said on our radio show, um, Notre Dame name FCs Irish Sports Saturday, Saturday's yeah. at night. Yeah. Plug,
1: plug, plug. December 29th, <laughs> bowl special. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I had said the, the lack of of depth at linebacker was unquestionably my biggest worry for for the team the whole season because nobody's been playing behind Tranquil and Coney and Bilal. They hadn't played anybody. And then he gets hurt, and all of a sudden it's like, and nobody thought he was going to play against Northwestern. I was talking to people on the sideline an hour before the game. They're like, he's not playing. And I'm like I'm like can I report that and they're like I wouldn't <laughs> I, I go what do you mean you just say he's not playing he goes there's no way he's playing but if anyone's going to play it's gonna be him he's been arguing all day yeah and I'm like all right he goes I wouldn't sh- I wouldn't report anything because I don't know what he uh, I don't know what's gonna happen so, <laughs> so but we like we were forewarned yeah. don't do it <laughs> you can't you can't trust him <laughs> in a good way like yeah. he'll right. figure out a way yeah. and like And Jordan Jim Markeith actually played well in that game. He did. You know, he wasn't too tranquil, but considering the circumstances and having not played a lick all year, he played well. But then tranquil got in there for whatever it was, 10 plays. He ended up with, like, five tackles. It was crazy. So, yeah, his toughness, and I thought Brian Kelly had an incredible quote about him, how he said, tranquil – was a captain last year, but he was almost a guy that the players could not imagine being Mm -hmm. because drew is a straight a student that is, um, an engineering student. So it's not like he's taken. I mean, not that there's any really joke majors at Notre Dame, but he's at the hardest of the hardest ones. Um, you know, he's, he's, constantly doing his church work he's constantly doing community service he's a top football player so he's like he he's almost too high of a level of someone and then he said but this year you know people have seen how hard he's had to work to keep himself healthy and constantly now again a lot of this has to go with the fact that drew is a fifth year He is not doing that engineering schedule that he used to have to do. So he can spend, I'm throwing out a random number, 25 hours a week rehabbing. It might be more. (laughs) He might be doing five hours (laughs) a day. He might be 35 hours a week rehabbing. And and the regular player cannot do that, you know, because they got to go to class. They got to, but Drew was spending four or five hours at a time doing that. So that, that certainly has helped, but that also showed his commitment to doing that that he was like, I have to do this. And, um, yeah, I, I think he has to be the team MVP, in my opinion, especially when you, you go to the fact of what happens if he's not in there. And as much as I like to give Jordan Jamar Keith credit, clearly there'd be a big drop-off there right. if it was over a, a long period of time.
1: So one thing I want to touch on here is an area of frustration for a lot of Notre Dame fans this season, the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> Cover. I mean, it seemed Kelly was... Like, oh, which version were you going with? I, I was going with, uh, like, the kickoff coverage or even just the failure of being able to put it out of the end zone. Yeah. Um, it seemed like Kelly was kind of stubborn and wanting to make a move. But now, I, I don't really get what their kickoff strategy is. I feel like Yoon could put it out of the end zone if he wanted to, but they they still want to try and bait returns? I, no, I just think... Or is he cannot put it out of the I, end zone. I,
0: I, think, I think he... I feel like it's almost like he tweaks he tweaks an injury when he puts it out of the end zone cuz he did he kind of like he strained his I think it was his groin. Um right. And yeah, then he, he had he to sit out game. and then he had to sit out a game which they said if it was a, if they needed him in that game he could have played but they tried to rest him against Navy. Um but he he kind of he itched and they had the bye week before that. So you know, it's like they wanted to give him two, three weeks of rest because he had kind of strained it. I, so I think, and they kind of, had, and Kelly had said that, and people didn't buy it. They're like, "What does that even mean? He can't do kickoffs? How is that possible?" But you might not want to mess with the if a guy's making field goals, right?
1: You know, you, and I get a lot. You,
0: you may not want to mess with it if it actually strains them, right? You know, and apparently it does. And they may not have a choice because Dor has not necessarily got the job done. But the problem you're so at practices,
1: they you know, say well, that he. Well, or at well. least you've been at practices where dor has been kicking.
0: We've been. Well, not they, really. Not really. Kickoffs. Whole lot? Not, well, first of all, here, I'll tell you what practices are. First of all, they don't let you. There's no practices during the season. Right. It's preseason only. We get about three or four practices. I think we got four practices. I was only able to go to three of them um and we didn't see too much kicker Ever- they're on another what they're on hear like a third field
1: he just pounds kicks at the end but the the game we get
0: to the games and
1: he just can't well, seem to do it
0: well no he's definitely capable of doing it he just right he just hasn't done it which is weird out of the one thing like if you tell me he's he can't get the accuracy down on a field goal because 80,000 people yeah we i think we can all understand the pressure on that <laughs> just kick it man yeah. as far as you can seems kind of hard to imagine that you can't do it. But
1: I think overall from the kicking game Notre Dame's pretty a lot of teams would take their situation with Newsom and Yoon. Yes,
0: yeah. it's just that they don't want to take the situation of well, the of the <laughs> touchdowns that have resulted and you know, you a, think about it. A couple of them could have cost for Oh, obviously, for sure. And then and then if if one of those happen in the playoff,
1: you're probably done.
0: You're probably done. Yeah, because that's that's what you can't have happen in that situation. You can't, you can't give up a freebie touchdown.
1: So speaking of the playoff, to, to wrap this up, let's go. So we're recording this on a Thursday. It'll run in a few days on a Monday, obviously, after the conference title games. Um, the widespread thought is it will probably be Clemson if everything goes to plan. They're known for that D-line, and obviously now Trevor Lawrence, at quarterback, big recruit. How do you think they'd fare against Clemson?
0: Well, you know, as we saw on Saturday when Clemson lost to Pitt. No, <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw that back in here. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll throw that back in here if it happens. You look like a genius. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I think it'll be a really good game. I, I don't know if there's a way of knowing who's going to. I've not had the opportunity to watch too much of Clemson, uh, I did watch them against Syracuse. Um, A game they about lost Trevor Lawrence who, they, did get hurt But right, they about right. lost that game they, they, but they should have, have lost that game They were also losing with Trevor Lawrence Before he got hurt yeah. um, I think that Syracuse was up double digits Before he got hurt in that game If I recall correctly So it was not um, It was almost like the I'm not Where was that
1: game at? That,
0: that was, at was at Clemson It was at Clemson yeah, yeah because Syracuse beat them At the carry dome last year um, So So I it's probably unfair because the only game I've seen them play was probably the worst game they've played all year. right? And um, Syracuse blew that one, in my opinion. That they have They should have won that game. Um, I certainly think if Notre Dame plays its best game, if they play like they did against Syracuse, I think Notre Dame has a really good shot to win. Notre Dame plays like they did it against USC, Pitt, I'm not gonna mention those other ones in the beginning of the year, but if they then they'll probably lose. I think it's a toss up. I think I think I think Notre Dame's more than capable of beating anyone. Saying that one anyone. Well <laughs> then there's that one team that let me yeah. see it. Let me see it before I believe it. I'm I I'll, I'll give you my prediction. I don't think they can beat Bama, man. If they I'm going be honest with they, you. I'll just say this. If they play Bama I'll give you my score prediction after the first two series of the game. <laughs>
1: when it's 14 <14-0. laughs> nothing, uh, yeah. But if it's
0: 0-0, I might have a
1: feeling. Yeah. It, so do you think this team is better than the 2012 team?
0: That's a good question. Yeah, I think it has to be. Um, I think the defense in 2012 overall was better. The front seven certainly was. The, the secondary on the 2012 team wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. Um, they had a lot of good players. That are actually now in the NFL, but they're all young. Farley was a freshman.
1: Zeke Mata, was he on that team?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Was I think, Mata?
1: I think Zeke Mata was on that. Yeah, team. it might have been Zeke, and but I think was, he was still young. And was it the, like Bennett Jackson and
0: yeah, and then um, Kavari Russell. Kavari was a, was a freshman. Yeah, he he had an outstanding game against USC um, to to clinch it um, to get to twelve and zero. They they had a lot of talent back there, but they were they were all young. Um, so they, they were the weak point and I don't know if there's, I mean, we're nitpicking on the nickel, uh, as the weak point on the defense this year. Um, the offense is certainly way better than that one. Even we had Braxton cave on our radio show this week. Even Braxton said, yeah, I go, I go, I was wondering if you were going to (laughs) admit this. I think his exact words were, and certainly this year's offense, uh, executes more than we did
1: (laughs) danced around it a little bit he didn't really dance he
0: he came I don't even know if he said executes he came up with a clever way of saying it where he didn't dog his own (laughs) offense uh, his own offense but he acknowledged uh yeah they're they're better yeah so I I think and I think the um I think the the special teams are better yep I mean I don't know. Was that the year that they were doing the John Goodman fair catches left and right? I Average
1: 0. 0.7 yards I don't per know. return, I, I think can't it reme- was.
0: I can't remember if that was the year or not. I know Goodman was in that range, but I can't I can't remember. I think
1: it was a year. Yeah, it was just fair catch.
0: Was it really? It was they-
1: get out of the way or fair catch. <laughs>
0: Those years are Risking nothing. Now, I mean, I've always worried. I love Chris Big, but, man, does he oh, scare me. he'll give me. me a heart attack every <laughs> once in a while. Every time he catches that ball, I'm just, like, waiting for him to get drilled yeah. and fumble. And he hasn't done it, but it's just, like, just fair catch it, Chris. I'm, like, almost waiting for Goodman to, like, give him some advice. Yeah. No matter what you see, even if there's 20 yards of space, you just put that arm up in the, the entire air. entire
1: coverage team falls, you still <laughs> fair catch. Uh, but. So... Um, it sounds like we're kind of on the same page. We we think the shot against Clemson were a little little less likely to say they have a good shot yeah, against Bama. And,
0: and if and if uh, as we record this, we we don't know exactly could how... could be it, OU, Ohio State, could be, could be Georgia, You know,
1: I'd rather I, play Georgia than Bama. I can tell you that. Yeah, even if they beat Bama, I'd still
0: rather play Georgia. They, okay, well, this is going to look really bad when they beat Bama fifty six nothing.
1: I'd still rather play Georgia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Remember that as you're this listening. This will be edited out. An, if they beat them yeah, by 56. What an, what an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this won't see the light of day. If they beat <laughs> them by 50. <laughs> so yeah, I think they can. I, I I I have no reason to believe they can't beat anybody. Um, the one obviously I you would have to worry about is Alabama, and right. that and that's because of history. It doesn't mean they can't beat them. It's just that's one of those I got to see it. Uh, before I can believe it, right? And that goes back to the classic last year when I when I was last time I was on the podcast when I picked (laughs) USC to beat Notre Dame because Notre Dame at that point had not won a big game in a while, and that was that was Sam Darnold coming to town, night game, and I was wrong, and uh, um, but but since that point is where they've they've really kind of learned how to win these. How to win these big games? Last year they wore down, obviously, in November, and now they've taken that next step. By the way, we have not mentioned the person who got the game ball after last week's game was Matt Bayless, yeah. strength and conditioning coach. Uh, win November games. I mean, when when uh, d- how did the strength and conditioning coach get the game ball yeah, yeah. after a twelve and zero regular season? Is kind of kind of crazy, but you know they've said. Hey, all right. Year one, we could only get to so far with the strength and conditioning. That's so we still wore down. Now they're obviously going to say that, right? Right. So you don't know for sure, but clearly, if there was a year that this team, uh, a team would wear down. I that, mean, all the travel they did—that was a disaster—and yeah. the lack of depth between behind Tranquil and and then uh, and Coney and then lack of depth. At uh at the corners, especially. I mean, you talk about uh, you know, defensive line. They moving around the O line. Moving even. around the O line, yes. That's another good one. You know, um they they could have worn down quite a bit. And they they maybe maybe they wore down a little bit. Maybe maybe that's why they only beat USC by seven. Um, but they didn't wear down enough to lose a game. Right. And that's in the past. That's, that's happened. Yeah, it's happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we gotta give. You gotta give Matt Bayless. He's the MVP. Yeah. He's the MVP yeah. of the defense. <laughs>
1: there There's a go. six. You're, we got. We yeah. got six
0: <laughs> defensive MVPs. So that's your final. Oh, and, th- and Clark. Clark Lee's got to be considered. <laughs> seven. Seven. <so. laughs> um,
1: so before we get you out of here, any uh, any local restaurants you've been liking to go to? Or? I've
0: always uh, I've always been a corn dance guy. Okay. Um and any of those properties. So evil. Have Jack. you uh, have you been to Jesus yet? I haven't. Oh, someone
1: just last night. People were talking about yeah, it. it. It's, it's that good. It's good. Okay. It's good.
0: I, I I will always love corn dance. Will always be my favorite. But Jesus is uh is is pretty darn good. Um, I'm trying to think where else we've been lately. Um, we haven't done too much. You know, uh, uh, uh an old. An old school one that I think is underrated. Not underrated. I think it's appreciated, but maybe not enough people on this side of town think of it because it's out in Granger. Yesterday's. Here. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh. I've, I've been there once. Oh, yeah. it's so is good. Is that a favorite of yours? Oh well, I feel like I get like a, a table size plate of food yeah. for a very low price. Yeah. And it's all really, really delicious. Yeah. Uh so that's that's another one that um is is a big favorite of mine. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the downtown ones that I'm a big fan of,
1: uh, been able to make it out to Bantam diner yet.
0: Oh yeah, we did. We did do that did last, like we did that a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was great. What'd you get? Um, I had the fried chicken.
1: Yep. That's what I got. Oh, too. Yeah, It yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh,
0: so yes, that's a good one. I was, I was just thinking we just went out recently. I couldn't remember where it was. It was Bantam diner. Uh, so that was cool. And that, that's an interesting one, like a it little is. pop up, yeah. but I heard they're hoping to, um,
1: yeah, kind of parlay it into a yeah. full-time thing
0: full-time thing somewhere else once once they kind of get their feet wet at the at the pop-up um so yeah that's that's definitely a a good one and then you know you got your staples that are always good and of course um you know in terms of just pizza and everything uh, i love rocco's yeah uh rocco's is i love going there uh you know it feels it feels um it feels authentic it is authentic there's nothing that's not about it you know i'm an old school Sicilian boy my parents are both born in Sicily you know I we're going back for Christmas we're gonna have 50 people at Christmas and everything you know and you know you come out to South Bend it's a bit it's different yeah yeah. you don't have that I go I walk in there I'm like hey Hey, I'm
1: home Rocco's is a friend of the podcast Rocky who will be on in a couple weeks his family um they're actually related to us, the Bertoramos, uh that run Rocco's. And Rocky's going to be on in a couple weeks, uh, so I'll have to mention to him that it's one of your favorites. They're, oh,
0: absolutely. I, I, I What's your
1: go-to? Do you just get the pizza there, or do you kind of mix it up?
0: Usually, we always get the Julia salad, which okay. I always think is fantastic, and then we usually just get pizza. Yeah. Um, I have never been – at some point, I'll probably get some pasta there or, or whatnot, but um, – but it's like, we don't, we don't go there. If I was going there every week, I would definitely switch it up, but it's like, okay, it's been How a couple months. I'm not going to get the pizza. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, re- I really want, cause I, I hate deep dish. I'm a you know, yeah, I'm a New a York style for. guy. Yep. So, so it's like, and they got their original pizza. That's much closer to a New York style than obviously a deep dish. So, um, it's it that's what it ends up being i can't not get the pizza yeah, yeah. so that's why I don't, oh, i'm i with you right, with that's you. why i don't end up trying anything else i probably should but i don't because i've only the pizza. had the pizza yeah I, i've I, never I, even had the salad uh, <laughs> the salad's good though it's a good, okay. it's a good way to start you should okay. consider it it's yeah, got, yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's like but then that, that's less pizza yeah, but here, here's the positive here's okay. how you gotta think of it you you eat the salad you are gonna eat less pizza but you know what that means leftovers that's correct yeah
1: i like the way you think you see yeah i always bring I like pizza home
0: <laughs> and then i'm always got pizza for the, later that night so or the you next eat night. cold
1: pizza or you warm it back up
0: depends i'm trying to think rocco's i i think i for rocco's i usually like to warm it up there's some microwave or oven oh i i don't use a microwave i don't think i use the microwave for anything really I, yeah i used to always but i don't feel like i use it for anything anymore feel like I always put everything in the oven.
1: That's a good way to go. I'm too lazy to do that, but I, it that's a way to It go does with.
0: take too long. Then the stuff gets overcooked because then I for, I'm i sitting on the couch, and 45 minutes later, I'm like, oh, but, I forgot I've been hungry this whole but time. But
1: to your point, pizza, if you're going to reheat it, it's much better in the oven than the microwave. Yeah, but there it are a little t- soggy in the microwave.
0: There, there are – oh, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Not, I would never reheat pizza in a microwave. That's yeah. nuts. But I do – I will eat it cold. Okay. Um I don't know if I do it too much with Rocco's, but um, some of the other ones. But you know, I I enjoy going to Barnaby's. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, I think Barnaby's I'll eat cold, but uh, what I don't know why. <laughs> I don't it's know why very, it's
1: a very complex uh, algorithm as to yeah, what yeah, you yeah, eat cold. It, but you cold. yeah, like, <laughs> it's how hungry am I yeah. at the that moment?
0: That's usually the biggest deciding factor.
1: So finish us up with some plugs. Uh, remind us again about uh. Yeah. Catch you on the radio. All that information. Sure, it on us. Redeemer
0: Radio ninety five point seven. Um, and again, obviously, it doesn't have to just be in it. on an actual radio. We got you can download the Redeemer Radio app, or you can go in on TuneIn and type in Redeemer Radio 95.7, um, So or www.redeemerradio.com. Any of those options to listen in. Uh, again, we're going to do twenty high school basketball games between St. Joe and Marion, um, and then. You know, we'll have our big bowl special on Notre Dame football December 29th at 9 a.m. So we'll uh, hopefully be talking some uh, some excitement that day because that should be uh, that will be the day of of a playoff game. So uh, what better way? I mean, everyone's going to be no one's going to have slept overnight, right? (laughs) You're going to be all nerve wracked. So lay on the couch. Nervous. What better way to get your. Notre Dame fix started you know there are gonna be a lot of Notre Dame shows that day but we're gonna be on the earliest yeah so you know get ready to go sit on the couch and hear some Notre Dame football chat for an hour and we'll get you going for for the game
1: love it and if and if you mentioned uh to get that basketball show going if they if someone's listening and does want to sponsor yes. that what's the best way to get a hold of you
0: uh angelo.decarlo at redeemer just shoot me an email and uh, you know, send me some bucks, and we'll we'll get the basketball version get it going. going. Yeah, no, we hope we can make that happen. We're just trying to finalize some things, and if not, um, it'll be something we'll look to do in the future. Awesome. Um, but it's um, it's definitely a possibility. Um, we're just trying to see if we can uh, finalize some things to to pay the bills and uh, and make it work. So, um, but yeah, it's been great being over at Redeemer Radio. Um, we we've had so much support um Notre Dame Federal Credit Union Tyrac have been awesome to us they've kind of been our biggest supporters but like you know we got Orange Theory Fitness who's been great I've been working out there so yeah, I was say, plug your social media because yeah. you're a pretty
1: fun follow yeah you yeah. get some big names in the studio one yeah. and number two you'll get plenty of Orange Theory posts yeah so why don't you plug your social media uh, too
0: at Ange DiCarlo on Twitter um I always have loved to just pretty much say whatever i'm thinking yeah. <laughs> um on there you get that's pretty authentic no filter there not there's a little bit of. A i mean filter. yeah there's, there's a filter a professional filter yeah but, yeah but there but there's no I, I i share about my personal life all the time yeah. like you know my wife and i each posting about private conversations last night <laughs> right in front of the other person you know and you know
1: i've seen some of the orange theory uh photos and you know people keep recommending it i It looks like a
0: lot of hard work. Well to be
1: completely honest. Here's the thing
0: that's awesome about it. And 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 this is truthful. I'm not just saying this because it's a sponsor, because I went a year and a half ago. My wife's been going since they opened. She loves it. I went a year and a half ago. I hated it. Because I used to be a runner in high school and I'm way out of shape. And I overexerted myself. And I was like I was like twenty minutes in and I'm like, it's an hour workout. I'm twenty minutes in and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry. No, and I wanted (laughs) to quit, but there was like eight people in the class that recognized me. There's like, and I don't need to say, oh, I'm Angela DiCarlo, but there was like, there's people like Melissa Leckleitner was in the Mm -hmm. class, and then Michael Birch, I think, was in the class, who's the sports information director. I'm like, so I can't, and then there was a couple like, fans of WNDU. I can't be the guy that just walks
1: out. twenty minutes. I wanted to, trust me.
0: (laughs) I wanted to walk out and I have walked out once this year, but I don't think that was because the workout was too hard. I just wasn't feeling good. And the workout is hard, but here's what I'll say is they put a heart monitor on you. Um, so you can gauge if you're, if you're going too hard and it lets you, it tells you if you're in, that's why it's called orange theory, because you want to be in the orange zone. That's when you're, that's when you're burning the most calories. So if you're actually going too hard, you'll be in the red. It's not good. You don't want to do that. Right. So you kind of rotate between the 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 treadmill, the bike, or the rower, and then to the weight room. I hate the weight room. Let's, oh, that'd be my favorite one. I see. I hate it. I'm always constantly, like my wife was laughing. you rather
1: run than lift. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're a crazy yeah. man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not – rowing's okay. It depends on what you do. Last night was the best workout, though, because we were moving. I think we rotated three times each, and that was great because you're not on one thing. There are some classes where you are tougher because you're, like, you're on each of them just once. Mm -hmm. So you're going, all right, you're running for 20 minutes straight, or you're in the weight room for 20 minutes straight. You're rowing 20 minutes straight. That's the worst.
1: I'd rather do that than run for 20 minutes. Oh, I don't know about that. Why run when you can walk? (laughs)
0: But <laughs> well, you can walk that's the thing you said at your own pace you're not competing with others in the class now i've had classes where some of the trainers have been next to me and i've hated that because they're going at mach 7 next yeah. to me and i i start pushing myself you're and you're over there
1: like will you chill you're right next yeah, to me yeah yeah well
0: then i look at the clock and it's like it's like uh, 28 minutes, and I'm like, I got 32 minutes left. And I think I just exerted all my energy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the problem. But, again, you get into the flow. It, it is really good. And I think it's great. I think it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun because I'm a person that, especially in this day and age, where you cannot – like, I've already checked my phone four times while we're talking. I can't I, – I constantly have to be, like, on my phone, doing right. this, doing that. You're not on your phone during that and you you don't have earplug plugs in you're, there's music playing you got a trainer you and know giving you yeah. get to actually disconnect for an hour yeah it's nice <laughs> yeah you know you're actually fully disconnecting and you don't feel like oh my gosh i wonder if someone texted me or tweeted at me <laughs> you're you're not thinking that so I, I i love it it and and i think and here's the best part you can go First workout free.
1: And Heritage Square, right? Heritage Square, yeah. Heritage Square. First
0: workouts free, is, which is really nice. You That's can been just...
1: recommended four or five times. I'm... Yeah, you
0: got to go now. Now yeah. you got to make sure you tell them I'm the one that gave you the recommendation.
1: Yeah, yeah, roll in. All right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming back. Yep. You, you are officially a recurring guest nice. of South Bend Beach, nice. the first one. And uh,
0: Hopefully, next time I come back, I'm still with Redeemer Radio, Red- and you don't cause me to switch jobs again.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I do apologize for that. <laughs> um, yeah, come back still with Redeemer Radio, and maybe um, Notre Dame will again be national champions.
0: Tell you what, we'll do it again when Notre Dame wins the national championship.
1: Let's do it. So let's hope it's done in like a month.
0: There we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city. Let you ride around my city. I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city.